1: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Grief Gang Podcast. This is now episode four. I can't believe I've made four episodes. Um, And I've decided that this week's episode is going to be about family. And I've titled it as Family. It's not always smooth sailing. So I think it was sort of a given, really, that I would always, or for me anyway... It, I was always going to do an episode on family as it's, it's one of them touchy subjects. It's not as touchy and it's not. And um, we all have our own stories with family. I feel like no two stories are the same with how family relationships have gone when in the face of grief. So I thought I'd share a little bit of an insight into what my family life has been like and what it is like to current day. Um, All whilst dealing with our grief for mum, my grief and other family members' grief and how we've um, somehow come up the other side and are continuing to come up the other side. So firstly, families are hard enough anyway. You know, some people's families... I think families, it's just like any other relationship. You have to work at it. Um, You know, regardless of how tight you are, the effort has to be made. But then with a family, even the tightest of families, throw in some grief and, my God, just watch the, the storm just commence because... You can be a tight-knit bunch, a tight-knit bunch. You can be like the Brady Bunch. And grief can still turn all your worlds upside down. Um, so sort of in the early days of just after, like, mum had passed. So, as I've said before in previous episodes, like my story episode and other ones of how my life and my family's life after mum died was pretty go 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 um we didn't have a lot of time to sit over and and stew over things because there were so many things that had to be done in order for one for us just to live and just to you know see another day with a roof over our head um that in a way our grief sort of did take a bit bit of a um a setback, um, all the fundamental things of life had to be put first for us able to even just, just to live. So, but then the only thing with that is obviously all those sort of things, they come to an end. So, you know, all the fundamentals of, you know, sorting the house out, sorting papers out, sorting the funeral out, all these things, come to an end and all the things that need sorting get sorted. And then at the end, you are just left with this pile of grief, sort of like, hey, ready to deal with me now? And it's a bit like, fuck, forgot about you. Not forgot about you, but, you know, sort of stored you away. And now I've got to deal with you face on. You know, the dust settles and those feelings they finally come to the surface and you're like, oh, shit, I've run out of things to do now. And now I've got to really tackle this. So, in the early days, so about, yeah, like a couple of months after our mum passed away, myself and my brother, yeah, once the dust had settled and all the jobs had to be done and a lot on my brother's side, that's when we really started to butt heads Um You know, we were now living with each other now. We're we're living in a world without mum. And we're equally as lost. We're just equally as lost. But, you know, we were both grieving for the same person. She was the same role model in both of our lives. But we were grieving in completely separate ways. Um. And there's a, yeah there's a there's a seven year age gap between myself and my brother, and obviously at the time my brother had to take on a lot of more roles than I did. So I was only nineteen. I was still quite young, um, so my roles in compared to my brother's were quite minute, <laughs> and I can look back at that now. And hold respect for my brother and hold, um, yeah, and hold a lot of respect for him. Because at the time, I don't think I did. And I think I just sort of passed off as, well, that's just what he's meant to do. Um, But now, you know, in in a very short space, we both grew up very, very quickly. I was a 19-year-old and... I sort of I did still live quite a good late teen like early 20s I'm still in my early 20s now but um I still did live like a quite a young life but compared to like my friendship circle and like other 19 year olds at the time I was very envious because the things that were my daily burdens my friends or people around me would would you know, would never even face this. And I'd envy them so much. Like, even just, like, the small things of just, like... I was doing food shops. I know moans moaned about it, but, like... I was having to do food shops at 19. When half my friends didn't even know how to fucking use a stove. And it'd be like, what? So... And for my brother as well, like, he... Although, yeah, he was older, you know, he had to take on a household. um, Sort of, yeah, take on his his younger sibling, deal with his own grief at the same time. No, our lives very much changed upside down. Um, And in that, although you would have thought that, you know, we're both in this world together now without mum you would think that you know you 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 bond together and you completely gel and you just come as one but you can completely separate as two you know these this is a feeling grief is a feeling that you've never felt before and you're both as brand new to it as each other you're both a bit like what the fuck do we do with this now what do we do with each other now I don't know what to say to you. You don't know what to say to me. And we're just I and mean, we were getting used to living with each other as well. Um, we were both quite both quite had busy lives, like we both have our partners, so we was we was out with them a lot and I was young, I was always out. So in terms of like um our like sibling relationship, we were we were close, I'd say, but we weren't we weren't as close as in ready to live with each other and be like Because I did look at my brother. My brother was now sort of like my carer or like my guardian. You know, he was the one who ran the household now. So I'm now gone from seeing my brother maybe, you know, once or twice a week maybe in like a passing visit to now him being the, you know, the sole provider. And he's my, he's like my guard, like my guardian, I guess you could say. So our lives changed a lot and it made us really repel each other because we just simply just did not know what to do. Um, and just as well, yeah, you're all probably wondering where my dad is in this picture. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not an orphan. But, um, yeah, if you're wondering where my dad is in this picture, my dad, he is here, my lovely, lovely dad, um... At the time of my mum's death, um, my mum and dad weren't together, by the way. They split up probably about five years prior to mum passing away. But when mum did um, pass away, my dad was actually in the Caribbean himself, um, burying his own mum. So when my dad came home, my dad came home to, you know, but before my dad left for the Caribbean to go and bury his own mum, he left, um, you know, his, his normal life. He had his own flat. Um, I'd see my dad like a fair bit. Um, our relation, we had a relationship, but we weren't as close as we are like to current day. Um, you know, he left the UK with, you know, two children, getting on with life, living their lives, him living his life. He's gone. He's buried his mum, and. Literally, yeah, the day before, he was due to fly back, which was his birthday. So, um, yeah, he got the news. So, yeah, the day day before um, mum passed away, the 24th of June is my dad's birthday, and she died on the 25th of June. So it was like, great timing, mum. Thanks for that. Dad's birthday is now tarnished forever. (laughs) But, um, I mean, yeah, I will although my parents weren't together and there was, you know, there was beef and whatnot and whatever, Um at the end of the day, that's still the mother of his children. You know, she's birthed him two children. Regardless of whatever happened, she's still the mother of his children. So I will never forget on that morning when Mum passed... I was so numb and when I think about the phone call I was so brazen I remember my dad called me and he said Amber tell me it isn't true and I said yeah she's dead and the wail that just came out of my dad I've never I've never heard my dad like that never in my life probably never seen him cry once or twice before in that in you know in my lifetime but to hear my dad's wail of a cry down the phone I remember just hanging up and being like I can't deal with that right now and as selfish as it sounds, I remember being like I can't I can't cope with that right now because it absolutely tore me it tore me in half and I think it really settled for me then on that day being like fuck she is really gone now um but for dad yeah it was a confusing time for him as well all three of us yeah dad's come home now he's, he's left on the 25th of june the day she's died in in the caribbean so he's landed on the um sunday and even my dad during the like that whole time period i can't i, you know, I can't remember shit it was almost like i blacked out i've blacked out that part of my life a little bit um I don't remember seeing my dad for the first time as soon as he'd come back um, from the Caribbean. But for a long time, a long time, all three of us were sort of wandering around in the dark. Um, You know, when my dad had come back, there was obviously the conversation of, you know, is is he going to come back into the household? But me and my brother sort of said, you know, not really, because we'd lived without him. We'd lived where well, he lived in his own place and we'd lived with mum for like five years. So, you know, we've made our life of of sort of like living without dad in the house. As savage as that sounds, it wasn't as savage as it sounds. <laughs> but, you know, it, it would have been more abnormal for dad to move back into the family home. Then it was for him not to, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, we sort of came on to understand that, you know, know, myself and my brother, we would live in the household and, you know, that was fine and and with dad and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, so for a long while. But my relationship with my dad, and I know for a lot of people, say if, like, you've lost a parent and it's their spouse or the same situation like mine where your parents are split and whatnot... It can be hard to speak to your parent about a lost loved one, any lost loved one. Um and I'll get on to that at the end of sort of how I tackled through it. But um sorry if I sound a little bit like laggy through this. This is um it is quite a touchy subject for me because there's still sort of like current I don't say issues but you know feelings to date and whatnot and it's a yeah it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. But um I've been very lucky with my dad. Um very, very lucky. Although my dad is older generation, he's always been a man who's been very in touch with his feelings and he's not shy of displaying them. Um he's always been very open with his emotions to mum, not even, like, his emotions for me as the child, as, he, for, you know, he's shown me his own emotion from his point of view of being, you know, a grieving ex-husband. Um, and I think it's been quite healthy to, you know, not just always tell me how he feels for me and how he feels about me, because it can be quite overbearing. Like, it's almost quite refreshing to hear you know, someone quite important in your life and quite a staple in your life actually tell you how they're feeling and how they're coping. And we've had many occasions and many conversations where we've been like, you know what, I'm not okay. And we spoke about history, we spoke about everything. We've been very lucky to have a really open relationship with each other. Um, We talk about all things. We don't talk, we talk about funny things, sad times. We talk about how they met and and all the days in between and you know the births of myself and my brother we talk about really lovely things and sometimes it's so random as well like it like, will oh that remind me of your mum or like oh what you've just done Amber you really look like your mum there or just small things and we will really really belly laugh um we even did it the other day um What was it the other day? Oh, yeah, Dad locked the dog outside of the house. That was funny. Not. But then it brought up a memory of many, many years ago. There was one year, I think it, like, snowed, like, really, really heavy. And um, this is when we were all living together. And um, (laughs) Mum, they had a window that looked out of sun to the backyard. (laughs) And um, our dog, is a white, fluffy little Bichon Frise. (laughs) And my mum, for some benign reason, has woke up in the middle of the night and looked out the window. And I swear to God, she has s- screamed down the house. She's gone, oh, my God. Well, this is what it was. She's looked out the window. And she, we had, like, random footballs, like, outside. Like, my brother used to kick a ball or whatever. And where the snow has fallen, it's, like, it's made a shape of the footballs on the ground and it, she says it looked like a dog it did it. it just looked like two mounds of balls like that's it anyway she's seen these mounds of balls and she's bellowed down the house oh my god the dog has frozen and then we just I mean dad the other day we were just creasing about it because we were like oh my god lol remember that time mum thought the dog was frozen when the dog was literally underneath her bed why why <laughs> But it's things like that that just trigger us and we can just laugh and smile about it. Um, So I've been very lucky with the relationship with my dad. Um, I realise as well, I have quite a lot of men in my life. Um, I've got quite a lot of male influence in my life. I don't have really many um female but from my mum when she was her I don't have many female family members um I've got a great auntie my mum's aunt who I do like view as like a grandmother but um yeah not a lot so I'm, I'm very much surrounded by like male testosterone all that shit in between um so I think I've always had quite a bit of a You know, a bit of a tough love kind of, not tough love kind of life, but I've always been around like a tough love kind of approach to things and a sort of a male perspective around things. Um, I don't think I have that perspective.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
1: I don't know. Am I just waffling? Probably, yeah. Just let you know, probably thinking if I've got bare men in my life, you know. There are some ladies in there. Don't worry. <laughs> um But yeah, that's just a little background on to well really, yeah, the two main infl- the two main relationships in my life and how grief um sort of changed them so like with my brother it made us it did make us repel and it still does sometimes to this day um you know with with my brother today um it's just it's a slow process it's um it's been a lot of um soul bearing a lot of soul bearing and holding your hands up when you fucked up when you fucked up um So, yeah, I've sort of had both um, outcomes of grief sort of in those two relationships. With my brother, it's gone wayward um, at times. And with my dad, it's gone nothing but up. Um, It's, yeah, it's strange that I've experienced both sides of what grief can do to a family relationship. Um, So I think it like it does put me in quite a good position to be able to talk to you guys and to say because I've experienced both. Um, whereas if I just experienced just one of them, then it'd be a little bit biased, wouldn't it? So I'm quite, I'm quite yeah, lucky in a way. Though the shit times for my brother, it's given me um, the experience and the knowledge to talk to you for it to, well, for one, for it to teach myself um, of what not to do and how to move forward and and work on family relationships. But yeah, I've I've, I've had it both ways. Pardon me. But all in all, families, they are bloody hard work. I tell you now, they are hard work, you know. Um, like I said earlier, they're just like relationships, they really well and truly are. Um and you know what? Grief, my god, you know, when I when I think back to some of the things that me and my my family, it was me and my brother, me and other family members and whatnot, we would spew at each other. Oh my God, the absolute venomous things you would say at each other and you would think that it's okay because you're family, um, but it's not. Um, and that's on, it's on both sides, you know. Um, you know, you can say some of the most horrific things, but I know I definitely had the mindset of, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I can say what I want to my brother, to my dad, to my whoever family member it may be, um, and it won't matter because we're family. We're family, and you know, family are allowed to say these things to each other, and you know, it just people just get over it. But just because you're family doesn't mean you don't have feelings either and doesn't mean that you can be, you know, by, you can be really hurt by things. And although, yeah, I do get it with family, it is sometimes easier to get over because, yeah, you are family. But in the same breath, sometimes, you know, words stick. They absolutely stick. And sometimes, yeah, you, you forgive and whatnot, but sometimes it's very hard to forget venomous words you have spit when you know, when you know you've been really angry at each other, you know, when you're just butting heads. Um, you know, regardless of being blood, everybody has a breaking point. Family or not, you, everybody has a breaking point of when they go, do you know what, time out. I'm not fucking going to, I'm not tolerating this. I'm not tolerating this. Um, but it's the strangest thing, isn't it? You know, the ones that you are saying the most awful things to or sometimes even not saying anything to you know sometimes you know you just in silence and sometimes that's even worse um but yes yeah, some the most awful things that you were saying to someone they are normally nine times out of the ten the ones that you actually want to like them to hold you and to be your support network but you're doing the opposite and you're pushing um that was definitely my case. You know, I spewed venom at my brother and my dad, but all I really wanted was for them to just to just hug me. But, you know, what the fuck are they going to hug me? I've just called them the see you next Tuesday. don't know if I should say see you next Tuesday on this podcast, but I don't know. We'll get there probably one day. We'll probably slip out, won't it? <laughs> but, yeah, it's a strange thing, isn't it, you know, how grief can make you do that? I remember spitting absolutely... Awful things at my brother and family members, and being like, "Do you know what? I don't even know why I just said that." But I, I remember thinking, "I just want to hurt you. I just want to hurt you right now because I am so heartbroken right now. I want to just put this pain onto somebody else, just shift this pain." But you know what? I ain't gonna shift it. I ain't going nowhere. So stop being an asshole, Amber. um yeah you know what some some families they absolutely unify in the face of grief some families they just completely unify and they come together and they come together as one um and some just repel like mine did like well like 50 of mine did um and I remember looking at other families that I'd I'd met and I'd known who have gone through grief. And if they had all sort of united, I'd be a bit like, fucking hell, what are we doing wrong here? Um, and I'd be jealous because I'd be like, I want that relationship in my family. Like, I want that close-knit. Or even, but to be fair though, I haven't met many families that are like that. Um, they've all had their sort of hiccups and whatnot. Uh, But even so, I remember I would look at even families that haven't... This is so stupid, and I don't know why I ever did it, but I would look at families that, you know, were um, really close and whatnot, but they hadn't gone through anything like we had gone through. And I remember I'd absolutely fucking envy them, because I'd be like, it's so unfair that you get to have such, like, a healthy relationship and i don't and i i deserve a healthy relationship in my relationships in my family because you know I've lost such a big relationship why am i not having a healthy relationship with my family like it would frustrate me so much but then i'd now I'd look back at it now and be like amber babes then fa- those family people and whatever you know so if this sounds bitter and whatnot whatever i don't give a fuck but they ain't been through shit like you and your family have been through, so don't even try and compare the two. One, don't compare anything in life because nobody is is living the same two lives. As much as they might be really similar, nobody's living the same two fucking lives. So I I can look back at now and be like, oh Amber, you silly cow, what are you doing comparing Silver Spoon families to your crooked family? <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't take my I wouldn't trade my crooked family for nothing for now. Um, oh these bloody fireworks keep going off they can piss off um it can be really hard you know say even if like you know you and your family you're not like butting heads and you are sort of just living amicably and you're just sort of getting on just whatever but it can be really hard to talk to your family about your past loved one um you know and these people probably knew that family member like the best as well they probably knew him equally as well as you did but you know me and my brother we both lost the same mum but you know there were times where we couldn't we couldn't speak about her we really just couldn't um the pain was so deep that even the mention of her name, of is for anybody. Sometimes the pain is so deep that their name, just even their name. I remember people would say like Sue, and my ears would prick up, and I'd be like, Oh my god, someone's just said her name out loud. Like what on earth? And it made my ears prick up. Um But. Yeah, sometimes the mention of their name, it can absolutely just rip your heart in two again. And it did for mine so many times. I'd hear people say her name. I remember I could just feel... It. It's a strange thing as well. Isn't it like grief can actually bring you, like, sometimes physical pain? That's a whole another episode one day. But I remember hearing, like, the feeling, like, the physical pain of when someone would say her name. Or just if my brother would, or just anybody would bring her up in conversation, I'd be like, my heart is just shattering in two again, and that's probably where I'd be a bit standoffish and being like, mm. and it probably gave off the impression of you know, oh she don't want to talk about it, so we're not gonna, we're, I'm not gonna persevere anymore, because um, honestly, it was just too hard, it was just too too hard. Um, but also as well sometimes you know you might be the youngest member i'm the youngest member and my- i'm not anymore not anymore mr leo um but in terms of being the youngest who at the time when all this kicked off um being the younger member of the family sometimes you you do have to be the one who takes the the first step and who um starts the conversation, and I know that's so annoying like you know you might be looking at your your mum, your dad, whoever is like the superior in your family who you think should be taking the reins and initiating the conversation of grief and and you know steering steering the boat and you know taking charge sometimes. It's too hard even for them. It's too hard even for them to do it. So sometimes all it takes is for you, the young person, to go, can we talk about mum? Can we talk about dad? Can we talk about bro? Can we talk about sis? Whoever it is, sometimes just sometimes just you being the younger person, starting the conversation, it's a little bit of an eye-opener for our, uh, our older family members because they're a bit like, oh, oh, shit, like... He, she, whoever needs to talk, and I'm not doing it. It's sort of a little bit of a wake up call for them, I think, um, to see their, you know, if, if if you're their child, if you're their sibling, if you're their cousin, sibling, or whatever, um, to see you take the reins and be like, no, do you know what? I've had enough now. We're gonna talk about whoever, and we're gonna talk about our feelings. It is a bit like, oh, fuck, I need to get my finger at my ass, and I I need to do better, sort of thing. So you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised, just how you just introducing the topic. How much will actually come out. And and it will surprise you. Um, I'm going to just sort of lead on to. Little life lessons I've learnt. With with family and things that I try to live by now. And I'm not saying I'm an angel. I know my family can definitely vouch for that. I'm no angel. Could be a right devil sometimes. But. With family, if you want this family connection, this family tie in your life, you have to persevere and you have to work at it. You have to work hard at it, especially when there's been previous arguments or previous... um What's the bloody word? Oh, what's the word? Well, arguments. I was trying to be clever then and say... Confliction. Confliction that's the one, before, or conflict, fucking hell, what's wrong with me, if there's been previous conflict before, there we go, it can be even harder to, to make it work, because you know, you have to hold your hands up, you have to hold your hands up when you've fucked up, when you've said really horrible things, when you've done really horrible things, you have to hold your hands up and say, do you know what, I messed up there, but I'm willing to work at this um I'm willing to put the time I'm willing to put the effort in. I'm willing to start fresh um and swallow your pride, swallow your pride there you know there's there's some people in life that is worth swallowing that pride for, but then, in the same breath as well, sometimes family ain't shit either um and that's a very hard thing to come to terms with too I think sometimes you know like um I've spoken to many people who've had their own um experiences with grief and their family members and whatnot and they're like I've got family that I don't speak to I've got family that I don't speak to um but I'm at peace with it um because sometimes and I say this very very lightly I'm not saying go cut off your family because it took me uh, quite some time to come to my decision of um sort of cutting ties with these family members but sometimes family members are toxic and as unfortunate that is it is the reality but you know if you not to say that every family member who you have an argument with is toxic for you because let's not be dramatic here. You know, you're just going through a bad spell. But, you know, sometimes you do really have to sit and reflect of does this person bring um, good energy to my life? You know, when we're not arguing, do they bring good energy to my life? Do they, you know, do I want them in my life? Simple as, do I want them in my life? Point blank, Um because you know what, life is just, it's too fucking short, life is too short to let people that you love and adore slip away, especially family, it is too, too short, you know, and I think us people, young people as well, it's It's very hard, you know, dealing with grief and dealing with family at the same time and whatnot. But, you know, life is too short and we know far too well that life is too short. You know, we've been we've been put through this and we know that life can just be taken away just like that. Literally. Click of your fingers. Depending, you know, life can... your Someone that you love can just disappear from your life like that. And we didn't have a choice in the matter. We didn't have a choice in whether they they died or they stayed. We didn't have a choice. So why on earth would we choose to actively lose another family member in this lifetime? Why would we choose to do that when we've been put through a situation where we had no choice? So make that connection again if it's been tarnished. And I promise you that you won't regret it. I really do so I think on that little note I'm going to leave you with that little bit just to stew over I'm going to end this episode clocking it out at just under 36 minutes so it's a little bit of a lengthy one you might want to put this one on while you're cleaning the gaff on your daily commute in the car whatever, whatever space you listen to it in I'm just grateful that you all do, do, whoever is listening, that you do listen. Because this is, um, I love doing this. I absolutely love and adore doing this. Um, and to know that there's people out there listening to it, and if I help, you know, just a handful of people, or some people just feel like, you know, this is relatable and they just don't feel a little bit lost in the world and they're not like some, you know, four headed fucking alien, um, then that's all right with me that's all right with me, all righty guys, I hope you have a lovely week, this is going to be out on Monday, so it'll be start of your week, I hope you have a wicked um, week ahead of you, um, stay tuned, still believe in the grief gang, I truly believe we can go far and beyond with this together, okay, bye!